Welcome to the Open Forum in the Villages Florida podcast. In this show we talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs and interesting folks who live here in the villages, to give perspectives of what is happening here in the Villages Florida. We hope to add a new episode most Fridays at 9am. We are a listener-supported podcast. There will be shout-outs for supporters in episodes. As a supporter, you will get a direct email link to my. In Season 5, we are making significant improvements and changes on an ongoing basis. Now you can help me afford to keep making this podcast by becoming a supporter. First, a quick note about the podcast. It's available because I absolutely love doing it, despite the fact that it costs me probably more time than I can actually afford. Now, I can't buy back my time, but there is one thing that you can do that would be really helpful, and that is help me to afford making this podcast. You can do that by going to the website, openforuminthevillages.com, and clicking on the supporter box and making a small donation of 3 to $10 a month, and you can cancel at any time. Really, a small donation of $3 will still make a difference, and I'd really appreciate it. If you can't afford to do that, I completely understand. It's economically tough times for a lot of people, but there is something that you can do for free that can really help. If you want to, you can rate the podcast. You can give it five stars or maybe even give it a review on whatever podcast application you're using. That will make a huge difference because we will be discovered by more people. If you're able to do that, we would massively appreciate it and it would help keep this podcast going in 2024. If you have a book that you would like to turn into an audiobook, let us know via email to mike at rothvoice.com. Hope you enjoy today's show. This is Mike Roth on Open Forum in the Villages, Florida. I'm here today with Wayne Richard. Thanks for joining me, Wayne. Thank you. Wayne is a musical phenom. He can, I'm a what? An unusually gifted, talented music guy. Unusual, I understand. Gifted. Wayne has been recently been accompanying us in the improv shows on his keyboard. And I'll never forget the first thing he said to me when we were practicing. He said, Mike, what key are your players going to sing in? (laughs) I found out very quickly. We sing in the key of I. That's right. improvised. Yeah, like I can't find the right key. That's what it means. Most of them don't know what it means. No. I tried thinking of different ways of doing it. Maybe have everybody sing their songs at the same key. But that didn't work either because they all have different reference point in their ears. So I pretty much gave up on that idea. Yeah. yeah everyone sings in the key of I. Yeah. Just let them go for it. Right. I'll, I'll find them. I'll follow them. Yeah. And, and, and they'll change in the middle of the song. Yes. It, they do. It's part of the humor of improv. It's part of the whole deal. Right. Ray, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background before you got here to the villages? Well, I grew up in Chicago, sort of in the shadow of Wrigley Field, a 20-minute train ride. So I grew up very passionate about baseball. Being a Cub fan, it was great to come here to the villages eventually. I'll tell you about that in a second. I grew up the first 10 years in Rogers Park. And by the time I was 10 years old, I started to gravitate towards music. I didn't know what I wanted to do, really. I was thinking, well, maybe I can sing, I can play piano, I can write. Yeah, we don't have a piano in this room. No, but I also thought about other things. I thought about radio, and I actually went through the whole Miguel of talking to some of the big names in Chicago radio, visiting with them and getting the lowdown of what the career involves, and that immediately sent me back to music, because at least with music, I was always making some kind of money. 
Then I studied theater. I was a theater major for two years over at uh, what, it's not Columbia College, but it's sort of a division of it. It's called Loop College. It's in Chicago. And I went there because they had a very specific coach that I wanted to work with. And Mm. if you get into his personal class, he will help you find work and he'll personally train you. And I was just about on the cusp of getting into that situation when the Navy came along. Mm-hmm. So I wound up in the Navy for six years. And after that, I had a seesaw relationship between the city and the suburbs, and I worked in full-time music. And then, lo and behold, the opportunity to came along to start scoring some films. Wow. How'd you get the score to a film? I had a, I had a, uh, a single that I released called Mackinac Dreams. It's about Mackinac Island, which is a <clears throat> beautiful, wonderful travel destination, tourist spot. No cars, no motor-driven vehicles, just very, very peaceful setting. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Horse-drawn place. carriages and everything. I worked there for an entire season. Did you? What yeah. did you do there? I performed. Oh, you know, I I can't ride a horse. but Actually, I can, but that was a long time ago. I had a wonderful time at the beginning of the year because it was new. It was fresh, new sensations, new people, new experiences. And then by the time I was there at the end of the season, it was like Shawshank Redemption. I needed to get off of that island. But after I left, I wrote the song, a tribute to it, and it became uh, the island song. Really? It became, yeah, sort of an unofficial anthem, if you will. Actually, I had always dreamed that the song would become a part of Mackinac history. And it actually did. And I'll tell you how. Not too long ago, maybe about three, four years ago, I was just scoping through my computer and surfing around. And I said, I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to punch in and Google Mackinac Dreams. Okay. It took me right to a Girl Scout site. Okay. So it turns out they have a yearly meeting on Mackinac Island. Mm -hmm. They all sit around there, and their theme song that they sit around with guitars and they all sing is Mackinac Dreams. Wow. And I heard it coming off out of my computer, and I could not believe it. Can you sing a few bars of it for our audience? Yes. Many years ago, I came to this island. I came on a whirlwind tour. I knew that I had found something special. And I'll tell you one thing's for sure. I have Mackinac dreams in the middle of nowhere. Mackinac dreams in the middle of the night. Mackinac dreams in the middle of the morning. They come without warning, these Mackinac dreams. That's basically it. A cool, cool little song. It's a cool little song. They had another song on there too called "Michigan Calls," and I had it was recorded in Chicago, just like they recorded "We Are the World." I had other musicians come in and mm-hmm. built up and uh, to a huge crescendo, big voices and everything, and we were hoping it might become the the, uh, the song for Michigan, but it didn't. But that's okay. I did okay with Mackinac. It's probably the closest thing to a to a hit that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Well, getting back to the scoring, a man by the name of Rand Shackleton came along and he heard the song Mackinac Dreams. He was filming a documentary about the island, got in touch with me. He said, could I use that song in the mm-hmm. film? Sure. I said, only if you allow me to score the entire film. Oh. So this is one of those things where you got to stick your foot in the door a little bit. And uh, he said, sure. And I wound up doing about 16 or 17 films with him. Wow. 
so that was and that was a paid gig that, that was a paid gig right yeah 16 17 films that's a lot of film it's a lot of films you don't make a fortune you set things up where you you might get a percentage you know or, or what they call a kill fee mm-hmm. okay i'll do this one you had success with the last one now we're going to get maybe earn a little bit more money Mm-hmm. didn't work all the time because some projects were very small. And then I go to the mailbox one day. I look and there's a, a big certificate that somebody had sent. And basically it was announcing that I had won the best score for 2008 Summit Media Award. Now, Summit Media, they're, they're an organization. They're like either the Grammys or the Oscars, but it's for small productions. Mm-hmm. So I won the best score. Now, the funny thing is, out of all the films that I did, it was my least favorite. <laughs> it 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 was okay. It had you know good music in it, and it worked, and it, you know it embellished the scenes and all that. Just didn't work for me. Other people liked it. Other people liked it, but I got an you know, award for it, and so that that's really nice. And then of course the stage was hitting at me, and I wanted to do something. So I spent about twenty three years working on a musical called A Summer Storm. Hmm. And the reason it took so long is that it is a historical drama. It's about the Scopes trial of nineteen twenty five. And what you find out in, there's a beautiful play called Inherit the Wind. And what you find out there is a, a sort of a, a, I don't want to say made up version of the trial, but it's it's sort of spruced up and they're, they're, they're making things a little bit more dramatic than they were and for the wrong reasons. The whole reason that they did that trial in the first place was to make money. It was Hollywood. Come on. Yeah, well, I'm not not so much Hollywood, but I mean the town where the trial took place. They saw it as an opportunity to bring in some heavy attorneys and make a big deal about it, and they didn't realize how big of a deal they made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be a wonderful, uh, interesting, funny time in their history, and people argue about this whole thing to this day. So I thought that that would make a, a very, very good musical, and... It took a while to do it, but the theater company in Chicago picked it up. We had a full production. We had three full houses, and um, I've always wanted to take the play a little bit further. But sometimes it doesn't. It just doesn't happen. You get to the point where you're discussing money and finances. The whole thing sometimes falls apart. Um, and then uh, back here in the in the villages, I moved here with my wife Annie about five and a half years ago. And since I've been here, I and I'm retired. I've done some plays done Mm -hmm. picked up on the things that i wanted to do that i couldn't do before and during covid i wrote a musical called the dream road and that is just beginning to move a little bit some people are interested in it and we're trying to develop it what was the dream road about the dream road is about four people that meet on current day Route 66, and their lives intersect in interesting ways. And as they try to figure out their lives, they're also learning about the road. The entire story revolves around one man who is an actual living human being by the name of Angel Delgadillo. Hell of a name. Yes, it took me a while to learn how to pronounce it. As it turns out, he he has a barber shop and a gift store in Seligman, Arizona. Nothing you'd really notice driving by, except... 
drove right by his, his you, store then. You probably have. I I know I have, twice. <clears throat> and I didn't even know who was there. The reason that he is such an influential individual is that when Route 66 died, when they were laying down the roads uh, across the country, the big interstates, towns died along Route 66, sure. and, including Seligman, Arizona. What he did is that he set a movement going to get historical status for the uh, Arizona portion of the road. Mm-hmm. That started other people to do it. So he actually brought back to life the interest in Route 66. Mm-hmm. And so he's considered the uh, the father of Route 66. There's so many titles. And he turns out to be a great guy. So you actually met the man. I have not met him. I have written to him. And mm-hmm. we have corresponded. Mm-hmm. I told him about Dream Road. Mm-hmm. And he got, and he's in his nineties. Mm-hmm. Now this is a man in nineties. He's still just like here in the villages. You see these these guys drive, you know, riding around in their bikes and everything. It's it's incredible. He is he's still like that, and he'll he'll still go in once in a while and and do a full day's work if he feels like it. Well, he he has probably I'd say the sweetest heart that I that I have noticed in a long time in a human being. He truly cares about people. And he was truly interested in the musical, mm-hmm. him and his family. So I sent him the script. Okay. And I sent him the music. Okay. And he loved it. Mm. Now he was saying, You got to tell me when it and where it's going to be produced, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was sending it to him, thinking that he'd be able to give me a suggestion as to who to contact. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are some people. Uh, I have them on a list. And the reason this is so important and we're sort of in a race to get this thing going is that 2026 will be the 100th year anniversary of Route 66. Okay. So you, you forwarded the script and the music to uh, several notable Broadway producers? Well, I haven't, but I know some individuals that can do that. Okay. Okay. And um, you do meet people as you go along in the career. Some of them take an interest in your career. Most of them don't. Right. Right. You know, they're, they're, but I have met some of these people and who have, who have very sincere uh, desire to help. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is important. Because it proves that you've created something that 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 moves people. Sure, it moves people to do something. Yeah, right. Yeah. But right. I mean, moving them from the standpoint of the story and the music, people I think will remember this experience. It's an experience. Good. And it's one because it raises the point, Route 66 is important not because of what you see along mm-hmm. the road. It's important because of what you don't see. And what don't you see? You don't see a lot of things that are thriving. You see old gas stations that are falling apart, crumbling. Oh, yeah, wigwam motels. Yeah, old barns, restaurants that no longer... They they actually have one restaurant where they have rebuilt it and refurbished it, but you can't get food there. There's no wait staff. There's no nothing. They just it's a museum. rebuilt it. It's not even a museum. It's just an empty place where people come in and rest, you know, like a little rest area. They may have like a little vending machine and that's it. You you sit there and you realize, wow, this is the booth where Elvis used to come. (laughs) And and he sat there, you know, that kind of thing you will find. It's an adventure. If you research and you let the road get into you, you, you'll never lose it. And that happened to me on two trips. Yeah. I was on Route 66 after a rotary convention. It starts in Chicago Mm -hmm. and we started at mile zero. And drove for a while because mm-hmm. we come from Cincinnati. And much earlier, I had uh, moved to California, and we, for some reason, zigzagged our route and wound up on Route 66 for a couple hundred miles mm. between LA and Arizona. I see. There's some things you do have to plan. I mean, it's about 
exploration and discovery, you have to you have to go to certain places. You have to go to Ted Drew's, just outside of St. Louis. Mm. They serve what's known as a concrete, and what that is doesn't sound very interesting. It's to eat. a very thick vanilla shake mm. that they make with their custard ice cream, and it's—I swear to you—even in winter, there are lines waiting to, to get one of these shakes. To get one of these shakes, or they serve other things too. You have to go to—oh, um, I can't think, think of the name of the place, but they—they they have a sign there. They serve dead chicken. Well. You know, most of us would not want to eat a live chicken. <laughs> well, if you were desperate, you might, but... Uh, yeah, well, I preferred mine, you know... There's the blue whale. Fried. The blue whale, which is uh, great. The uh, caverns, they have... hard to get that whale meat, though, these days. What's that? Whale meat. It's hard whale to meat? get. Oh. Have you ever had whale? Not knowingly, no. No? No. What's the strangest food you've ever had? Strangest food? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Most exotic. Some sushi, probably exotic, and squid, probably. Was it moving on the plate when you ate it? No. No, no. That's an experience you get when you're in Japan, folks. Right, right. When you're, you know, when I was at a local restaurant here in the villages and I mistakenly ordered uh, some tuna, uh, they served the tartare, you know, where yeah. it was just like light, lightly braised on the outside mm-hmm. and then totally raw on the inside. I sent it back. <laughs> I ordered the wrong. You're thing. listening to Cooking with Mike Roth. Yes. Okay. C- cooking my way is not exactly. Uh, way everyone would have it. I like everything well done. So, Wayne. Yes, I am. I did ask you to, to come in and talk a little bit about this show that you're having at uh, Morgan Junction. Oh, yes, 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 when, yes. When is, when is that show? That's going to be March 2nd, Saturday, March 2nd at 2 p.m. One performance only. One performance only. It's with the full band. When I say full band, I am suggesting to you that it is the Morgan Music Junction band. What people don't realize is the background that these musicians have and why they're going to help make this show so special. So tell us about each instrument in the band. Well, we have, of course, there's the drums. That's played by Doug Florence. He is he used to work with the uh, Pointer Sisters. Really? Yeah, mm. to it with the Pointer Sisters. And then, of course, we have uh, Sean Booth on bass, and he has worked with the, the likes of Neil Diamond and some other people I don't know about because we're... We're still learning about each other. You know, we, we the more we get to know each other, the more fun it is to to, uh, to play with each other on stage. And then, of course, uh, the, the rest of the show is brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, which is Daryl Morgan and Suzanne Morgan. They are sort of the battery of the whole thing. Daryl is an incredible guitarist, and uh, Suzanne is a wonderful vocalist. And mm-hmm. we're going to be doing a lot of duets. Mm-hmm. We're not sure. We may have an additional rhythm guitar or pedal steel. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're, you know, we're, we're still playing with some ideas, but the, the basic show is set, and yeah. it's called Living in Dreams. Living in Dreams. Now, are right. you going to do songs from the uh, Route 66 musical? Yeah. Okay. There will be a couple of songs from that, but I got the idea for the show. I was in Chicago a few months back, and just driving around, and there was a sign that just popped up out of nowhere that wasn't connected to a restaurant or to anything, just a standalone sign that said, be sure to dream. Really? Yeah. Let's let's take a break here and listen okay. to a Alzheimer's tip from Dr. Craig Curtis. Dr. Curtis, yeah. what what is one thing that people can do to help their brain? One of the best things they can do comes down to the choices every day. Getting lots of sleep, for example. Getting the proper amount of sleep, for and, example. And what does that mean? Approximately hours. Seven to nine hours of sleep per day is what's currently recommended. Good. Thank you. With over 20 years of experience studying brain health, Dr. Curtis's goal is to educate the village's community on how to live a longer, healthier life. To learn more, visit his website, 
CraigCurtisMD.com or call 352-500-5252 to attend a free seminar. Wayne, we were talking about the show on March 2nd at Morgan Junction. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of folks that are listening probably don't know how to get tickets to Morgan Junction. Well, there are uh, several ways. Number one, you can just walk in on any beautiful afternoon at Morgan's Music Junction. Which is where? Well, it's in Summerfield. Summerfield, Florida. Summerfield, Florida. And if you're familiar with 301, Mm -hmm. uh, it's off of 301 and... The other street, it's 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 like White Boulevard. You know the furniture mogul, yes, yes. Mr. White, who yes. owns that whole plot of area. <laughs> and he, um, it's it's in the old post office. For those of you who are the old timers who are familiar with the area, it's in the old, but it's all refurbished inside, made into a beautiful little theater. How many seats are you going to have? Um, we probably are going to have about one hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, it's small. It's, it's very nice, but it's a small venue. Yeah. yeah well, but that's, that's pretty much all you can fit in there. Comfortably, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, what time does the show it's start? It's 2 p.m., mm-hmm. 2 p.m. And sharp. it's going to be how long? Well, the show probably will wind up being about two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sort of tied this up because until my birthday, because that's why they give me the show. It's your birthday on March. Uh, on March fourth is usually okay the birthday, but we're going to do the show on the, on the second. And they so have a big birthday cake there for you. Sometimes the they do, sometimes they don't. Uh, I I'll I'll tell them if I'm not really interested in that kind of things because I you know I don't don't need to make a I'm not trying to make it an annual birthday show. It's just turned out to be that way. Okay. okay. You know, it's nice when they acknowledge it. And Suzanne has a very unique way of singing happy happy birthday. And she does it every year to me and to other people too. Mm -hmm. And so I will, I will be subject to that. So So the audience, there are seats, seats still available. Yes, there are, but they're going pretty fast. Is there a telephone number they can call to make a reservation? Yes. Do you know it? No. (laughs) <laughs> Not offhand. Yeah. Morgan's Music Junction. Morgan's Music Junction in Summerfield, Florida. Summerfield, Florida. And they have a website. Yes, of course they do. If it's uh, That's pretty easy. It's morgansmusicjunction.com. Oh, boy. We don't have to be a genius to figure that one out. No. no. It's um, it's very, very... You get... I think the if you order online, <clears throat> it's uh, I think it's $15. At the door, it's $20. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know I have tickets for it. Well, I appreciate that. I have to go and get some myself. You're performing and you need a ticket? <laughs> no, no, not really, but I, I, I do buy some. You do buy for some? For other people. Yeah, okay. Know, to, for, you know. to pay for the house? Well, no, no, just to, to have some friends come out there that don't normally have an opportunity to go out mm-hmm. and see see the show, but they would come to see. Is it going to be recorded? I think it is. I believe it is. We sometimes we used to um, video it and use it for reference, but now I think they're using it to put together promos, little little snippets of the shows. Mm-hmm. But you have the entire show there, so I think the whole thing will be recorded. We we used to send it out live, but uh, we don't do Stream that it, anymore. You mean. Stream it, yeah. Not much listenership, right? No, no. That's why we don't do it. They uh, they actually do have they have a show called Jibber Jabber which is it's a it's it is a live streaming show they do every Wednesday and uh, sometimes I'll come in there and join them on that sometimes I'll just call them or sometimes I'll just text them you know and right while they're on the show so right. it's an interesting it's an interesting venue because it's basically a country venue mm-hmm. I'm not a country artist but when I was asked to join the band about for, which I was in for about two and a half years. I had to learn about country music. Mm-hmm. 
and I discovered it's not easy. You only know, need to know four chords? It's not a four-chord deal. Okay. There are all kinds of different, interesting, complicated things that you wouldn't think are there, but they're there. And, um, I, you know, it's like I can't do a lot of different kinds of music. I, I don't do rap. You know, I wouldn't want to do rap. <laughs> <laughs> but um, country, I think that a lot of the material that I've written, and you know, there are quite a few originals in my show they sort of border between uh rock and folk anyway mm-hmm. and so there is a country aspect to it so the, so in in the show everyone yeah. in the audience will understand the words oh absolutely not like rock rap we no 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 okay so this is a real show that folks can enjoy this is a show that can enjoy it's from the it's from the heart right to their ears uh they're these these are personal stories and the stories are very relatable to people because they've gone through it like for instance interesting fact about dreams did you know that the average person dreams between five and ten times a night Hmm. that's that's a little bit higher than i would have guessed i would have guessed two or three now, do you remember any of your dreams? Just the last one. The last one? Mm-hmm. Did you ever write down the dreams? No, I don't think I would want anyone to, <laughs> to no. see how disco- discombobulated right. my, my dreams were. See, I like facts like that. Little facts. Like, for instance, <clears throat> did you know that a woman gives birth to a child in this country every 38 seconds? It takes that long, huh? Yeah. I would know. I was just going to suggest we got to find this woman and stop her. <laughs> but it, it's uh, those kinds of things are interjected in into the show, along with some personal stories and actually personal stories that I've told before that people actually love hearing, and they actually call out the punchline back to me. Okay, you know, so they're comical stories. They're comical stories here, and they're and they're true. I, I'll give you one if you'd like. Well, listen, I guess would love to hear one. Okay. <clears throat> This is true because my parents used to travel. We traveled as a family, of course. They didn't just take off without me. But we um, we would travel all over the country by car, train, bus, and everything. But particularly in the car, there was a system. The system was my mother did the driving. My father was the uh, navigator. Yes, you had those triptych AAA maps that had you had the big follow. SO gas station yep. maps, you know. And so we were actually on a trip coming down here to Florida. And so she said, "Okay, look on that map and tell tell me where we are." He says, "Oh, well, we're in uh Kissimmee." Mm-hmm. She said, "No, I think it's pronounced uh, Kissimmee." He said, "No, it's there's the kiss in this thing. It says Kissimmee." And they actually argued about this thing back and they argued about argued about everything, but this in particular. And so it just got so heated. He said, all right, pull this thing over. I'm going to find out what's going on. Gets out of the car, real huffy and puffy. He goes in there and says, excuse me, could you tell me where I am? The woman took a breath and she said, Burger King. Sure. There you go. So the, those are, and everybody calls calls out Burger King. It's so funny. I just, you know, sometimes you touch a nerve. You don't I even... thought you were going to say gas station. <laughs> no. <laughs> That would work, too. I suppose it would work, yeah. Yeah, everyone used to stop at gas stations to find out where they were. Oh, I used to love gas stations. You go drive in, you hear a little bell ring. Yeah. They come out, take care of your windows, clean your windows, check your tires, check the oil, um, do, do everything, sing you a lullaby, and then send you on your way. Right. That's the old world. That's, That's the, the old world. world. Today, you pump it yourself. Pump. And if your window is dirty... It only gets cleaned if you do it yourself. That's true. Even in a car wash. Right. You take it to the car wash, pull it out, you still got to take it home and clean it. Right. Air used to be free at the gas station. No, it's not free anymore. Oh, no, no. Now it's going to cost you a buck. Unless you want 
nitrogen in your tires, in which case it's five bucks. I think it'd be helium because I, I get to a place a lot faster. You wouldn't want to put helium in your tires because it's a smaller atom and the pressure would go down faster. Wow. Gee, that, Mr. Science. Gee, that's why, <laughs> that's why they're using nitrogen. You know, although the air we breathe is 80% nitrogen, right. they say that if you fill your tire with all nitrogen, those larger molecules will stay inside your tire longer. You know, I have a suggestion for you. Yes. I think you should do a podcast. Oh. Yeah, you have this real deep, you know, rumbly voice that just it just comes at you. You know, it's perfect for, for radio. I've been accused of that since I've been in college. Yeah. <laughs> Did you always have that deep voice? Oh, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't let me go on the air when I was in college. <laughs> Every place you go has a different kind of language. I remember I was in um, in the Navy. I was We were staying at a family, family's house. It was during a Liberty weekend. They were having a big dinner. And so... Used to be a big football game. What's that? The Liberty Bowl. Liberty Bowl? Yeah, yeah. I know that the Chicago Bears are always playing in the toilet bowl, but that's beside the point. So anyway, we were in this house and we're having dinner. Conversation goes on and everything. And if you were having a, a conversation with somebody and you're from where we are, you're from the, the East, I'm from the Midwest, we would ask a question, why would you do that? Right now, that's pretty much what we would say. Why would you do that? When you're down in a place like Millington, Tennessee, they'll say the same thing, but they say it like this. What you want to go ahead and do that there for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was one of the most interesting things that happened to me in 1992 when I moved to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, you wanted some, someone to repeat what they just said because you didn't quite understand it, coming from Chicago, you'd say? Uh, I wouldn't say much of anything. Well, you wanted them to repeat themselves. What, what would you say? Oh, repeat themselves? Okay, I would say, uh, would you say that again? Mm-hmm. You know, in New York, it was, huh? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> in LA, it might have been, que pasa? But when I got to Cincinnati, I was taught to say, please, to make someone repeat themselves. Okay. It turns out Cincinnati was a very German city, and... Please was a kind of a literal translation of the German word bitter. And it worked in Cincinnati. Well, let me, let me, uh, not in Louisville. Let me tell you this, Dr. Roth. I had, uh, I discovered something a couple of weeks ago that maybe the the real transference of me becoming an actual Southerner, because just automatically in a conversation, I said, y'all. Sure. Y'all like this show, become a supporter. Hit that (laughs) black button up at the top. Now, if you listen to me in China or Russia, the black button is still there. It might even be in your language. Yeah. But this is a uh, listener-supported podcast. We're having fun doing it. Wayne, do you have any last remarks before we uh, sign out? Well, first of all, I'm very impressed with, with your podcast setup. It's a little bit more elaborate than the one that I had back in Chicago. Right over here, he has he has two computer screens that either are representing our vocal astuity or we're having an earthquake. I haven't quite figured out what it is. It does look like an earthquake And if for some inexplicable reason on the big screen, there is a picture of what looks like Holland. It is Holland. That is the best single photograph I have ever taken in my life. You have taken that. That's that, beautiful. That, we were on a, uh, a river cruise, and the last stop was Amsterdam. And before we got into the actual city, we went into the windmill park. It was a cloudy day, overcast, but I took my camera off the bus and went out. And there was this bridge across that body of water, and I shot the windmill, thinking it was going to look terrible. So later that night, when I got back to the sh- to the ship to look at uh, the pictures that I took, I saw that one. And I said, "Oh my God, that's the best shot that I've ever taken." The reflection of the windmill in the river, the reflection of the clouds in the river, it just came out beautiful. So I preserved it. I had a picture that I took on my phone 
of the backyard mm -hmm. of my house, but it somehow captured a light that was in one of the windows, and it was reflected on the picture, and it looks like a giant moon over this backyard, which was really a golf course, and the lighting and everything, just it, it just amazed me. I had it made into a pan you know, a large picture, which I have in my office. Good. Let's tell our listeners what the phone number is over at Morgan Junction, okay? Sure. Morgan it, Junction. So it, that it just amazingly popped back into my head. Amazing, isn't it? Isn't that, that something how that happened? You know, it's the medication is kicking in. <clears throat> it is 352-693-4233. And you call over there and say you want the Wayne Richards show? You want the Wayne Richards Living in Dreams show. On March second, right? They say you want you want uh, you know fifty tickets for the short guy. I don't know exactly what you're talking. Fifty tickets, yeah. yeah. Okay, one hundred and twenty <laughs> seat house. <laughs> hey, you go with for what you can. You know, great. Hey, Wayne, thanks for being on the show with us today. Thanks for having me. It's, it's nice to be had. Good. If people want to get a hold of you because they they want to produce your your unproduced show, mm -hmm. how do they do that? WayneRichards.org. That's a website, and you That's have an email website. address. That's a website. It's called the Wayne Richards Museum, and on it you'll see everything that most of the things that I've done in my career with with audio files, sound files, stories, blah, 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 blah. Also, all the current things that are happening. So it's WayneRichards.org. Good, and there's a place that they can contact you via yeah, email. There's a contact that website. Right. Great. Thanks again, Wayne. Thank you. Remember, our next episode will be released next Friday at 9 a.m. Should you want to become a major supporter of the show or have questions, please contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. This is a shout-out for supporters, Tweet Coleman, Ed Williams, and major supporter Dr. Craig Curtis at K2 in the Villages. We will be hearing more from Dr. Curtis with short Alzheimer's tips each week. If you know someone who should be on the show, contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. We thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyrighted by Roth Voice 2024. All rights reserved.